Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Anna Kabeca here tonight on Couch, here to discuss the hormone cure, reclaim balance, sleep, sex drive, and vitality naturally with my special guest this evening, Dr. Sarah Gottfried. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know you're in the midst of so much going on. Oh, my pleasure. Super happy to be with everybody. Thank you. I want to, again, welcome everyone to Couch Talk. This is our intimate place and location for really to inspire pleasure and gratitude, shamelessly and guiltlessly have open conversations and be able to interact with you, our live audience, tonight. And in order to do that, you can text in your questions or comments, and also you, if you're on the phone listening tonight, you can hit star two and raise your hand, and we can take your live call, live question in order. So for those of you who don't know me, maybe listening, joining us on the couch for the first time tonight, I am Dr. Anna Quebec. I'm a board-certified gynecologist and obstetrician, as well as board-certified in anti-aging and regenerative medicine, an expert in functional medicine and women's health and hormonal therapies. And I lecture, train, and consult internationally um, with physicians and people around the world. Would like to share with you also as our legal disclaimer that we do have a disclaimer on the site because as a physician, my attorney says we have to do this, right, Sarah? So, um, <laughs> so the opinions expressed on the site and by Dr. Quebec and guests are not intended as a diagnosis, treatment, or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. So please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns. This site does not endorse or recommend any commercial products, medical treatments, pharmaceuticals, brand names, processes, or services, or the use of any trade firm or corporation name, any uses for the information and education of the viewing public. So again, I thank you for all of you for being here today. On today's call, what we're going to be learning on our couch is the number one problem women face, the hormonal connections of stress, cravings, mood, and desire. Yeah, you guys know it's all connected, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, and also how to treat a woman. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is where you may think, okay, do I need to get my husband on the line here, or my boyfriend? And it's, it's more than that, actually. How do we, you know, how do we treat ourselves, and how do we request medical treatment, and how do we, you know, what's the best way to go about that? And so let me share with you about my beautiful co-host for tonight's call on Couch Talk, Dr. Sarah Godfrey. Dr. Sarah is a Harvard-educated physician, speaker, yoga teacher, wife, mom of two gorgeous daughters, and author of the New York Times bestseller, The Hormone Cure, Reclaim Balance, Sleep, Sex Drive, and Vitality with the Gottfried Protocol. She is also a board-certified gynecologist and the creator of an awesome new online program called Mission Ignition, The Energy Cure. For the past 20 years, Dr. Gottfried has been dedicated to helping women feel back home in their bodies. After graduating from the Physician Scientist Training Program at Harvard Medical School um, uh, and MIT, both, I was like, oh, wow, MIT and Harvard, Dr. Gottfried completed her residency at the University of California at San Francisco, where she still resides and teaches medical students. Although she's been on sabbatical and not currently seeing patients, you can work with her online in her novel group health coaching courses on the issues that plague you most, low energy, weight gain, sugar cravings, detox, and moodiness. 
So you can find those at sarahgodfreedmd.com as well. So Sarah, it's awesome to have you here tonight with us. Welcome. Thank you so much. I, I so appreciate your introduction. And yeah, it's true. I'm a total geek. I did go to MIT as well. <laughs> oh my it. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. So um very excited about your new your book you're coming out with, The Hormone Cure in Paperback. I know we've had a big promotion for you with the, the hardcover and just as excited to have here, you know, with you for the announcement of the paperback. Portable, able to take to your doctor's offices. And just one thing I always recommend is is um, for clients to bring this book into their doctor's office, actually give them a copy of the book, which is fantastic. So is there anything new in your paper paperback, Sarah? Oh, definitely. And, you know, I love that recommendation of taking the book to your doctor. I've had so many doctors come our way, Anna. I hope I can call you Anna because I'm just used to dropping the formality. Is that all right? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, even though, you know, usually it's with tequila in hand, but okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> it's true. We'll try not to reveal too much today. Works. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, so we were super excited to release the hardcover a year ago, almost a year ago, and I just had so many questions that came up from women. I mean, women really deserve to get their questions answered. So the folks at Simon & Schuster, my publisher, asked me to do a paperback, and so I added almost 50 pages of new content. So there's a lot of new information. You know, my goal overall, Anna, is to change the conversation that we're having about hormones because... The truth is that if you figure out why you're fat, cranky, or don't want to have sex, or feel overwhelmed, if you get to the root cause, that's where the magic happens. That's where you really start to see things fall into place. So what's new about the paperback? Well, we took the top 20 questions that women have asked me. I answered them in the paperback. We've got a lot of women who asked me, Okay, everything is off. My cortisol is off. My estrogen, my thyroid, where do I start? And so that's that's a key part of what's new in this book. And overall with the book, what I did was I took the top seven hormone imbalances that I see in women. And we're talking here about women anywhere from their 30s on up to postmenopause in their 60s. I had a lot of women ask me about fertility and pregnancy and postpartum. How do you deal with the hormones there? What do you do if you're a breast cancer survivor? What do you do in perimenopause and menopause? So I got more specific about protocols for those particular situations. So that's what you'll find in the paperback. It's it's uh, and and hopefully you'll find that it's very entertaining. You know, women need to laugh. That's one of the best things that I think they can do when they feel stressed mm-hmm. out. And so. Hopefully we'll have a lot of laughs tonight, and uh, when you read the book, you'll also, you know, have, I want it to feel like this intimate conversation, almost like, you know, here we are on the couch having a cup of tea. I want the book to feel that way, so I hope that our listeners have that sense when they read the book. Yes, and the sense of laughter. So for those of you who are, I know we've got a ton of people who have called in and, and a lot listening or watching online. So for those of you that can see this slide, this is where you can actually see Dr. Sarah laughing and just totally practicing what she preaches, preaches being with good friends and good company and having a good time. Yep, I'm showing these pictures, Sarah. 
So um, it's just the ones of us with JJ and also Dr. JJ Virgin, Dr. Jen Landa, Leanne Ely, Sarah and myself at uh, the Impact Awards event um, at a great mind fair and then just some really fun goofing off, which was just hysterical. And so, um, but really, you have you have the ability to definitely practice what you preach and see what happens what doesn't, especially in writing a book and creating an online program and running a bestseller launch. I mean, you have been um, under stress. How have you been able to stay, how, you know, what, how, what did you find getting out of balance for you personally as well as what's helped you stay in balance? Mm. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I think as with most women, I had this experience that led me to write the book. You know, I, I had this experience in my 30s where I was a working mom, and I, I just hit a wall. Mm-hmm. I just was stressed out. I had PMS. I was struggling. I felt like life shouldn't be this hard. Like, why do I feel like I'm pushing a rock up the hill? And so it was at that point that I went and saw my mainstream doctor, bless him, and explained what was going on. I had PMS and you know, this muffin top that wouldn't go away. I was about 25 pounds heavier than I am now. And he offered me what you might expect, Anna. He offered me an antidepressant and a birth control pill because his feeling was that that fixes every hormone problem that a woman has. A lot of doctors have Mm -hmm. that belief. Mm -hmm. And then he also told me to exercise more and eat less. And that especially stung because I felt humiliated. You know, he basically said... I can still remember this. He, I was shivering in one of those pathetic paper gowns in his, his exam room, and he wrote on a whiteboard in the exam room. He said, Sarah, it's simple math. Exercise more plus eat less equals weight loss. And I, I, yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to smack him. And you know, the what I realized yeah. was, oh my gosh, so many women are being told this very thing right. across the U.S., across the world, and that needs to change. I'm not going to stand for this. I mean, first of all, I, I don't think he's not right about this. And I had a hunch that my problem was hormonal, and indeed it, it it was. I found that my cortisol was sky high. It was about three times higher than it should have been in the morning. That was slowing down my thyroid and making me gain weight and feel cranky. And then I also had estrogen dominance, again, because of the high cortisol. So I figured it out, and it took me about four weeks to get my hormones back into balance. And now I want to bring that sort of quick action to women around the world so that they can also get their hormones into balance. And I I appreciate your question. You know, when I was launching this book, I realized that I was slipping back into some of my old patterns you know, I, I think when you, especially when you're very mission-driven and, you know, you want to save the world, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. there's this vulnerability where we, as women, tend to push ourselves a little beyond our capacity. I think that's true as a mother, It's you know, whether you're mothering an actual child or a mission. So, uh, you know, I really found that you got to stay on the game. Like every day you got to sort of be on the practices that move the needle when it comes to creating hormone balance. And I, I want to ask you about that too, Anna, because you're right there <laughs> with me as a working mom and managing the stress and trying to dance with it in a new way. So I want to put that question back to you. What do you do? 
You know, I think you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, you'll find, you know, like for me, I'll find the scale start creeping up. I'll find clumps of hair start coming out, you know, and it's like, whoa, I've let this go too long. And it's it's the same thing. You hit the reset button, right? You take time out for yourself, you know. You, you just like, you know, get on the couch and read a good book for fun, get out with friends and play. And uh, that's what I'm doing this week, actually. And and you have to um, and nurture yourself you know it's it's like avoiding saying no you know no no to um you know no to the sugar no to the grains you know just resetting for me i i do i go right into my detox and just do a quick detox whether it's my three days just shakes only or a 10-day cleanse or just really just up raise the bar for myself and and also it's part of listening um, when I find that I'm, I've been that stressed, it's like, okay, I'm going to go more into the yoga, less into the boxing, listening to the type of activity that my body wants to do. And sometimes it's, it's simply dancing because movement is such a key factor and just, you know, our bodies are meant to be in movement. So remembering to allow myself and make that time for myself as a priority is huge. And thank you. Thank you for um, acknowledging that. I think especially, like you said, you know, definitely – you know, we're on a mission. We're on a mission to change the face of medicine. We're on a mission to change the way women are treated in this world, the way their our problems are addressed, the way, um, you know, medical care actually happens. I mean, we're just really, you know, and it's a big, it's a big mission, especially when you're running, you know, you're running a family as well, uh, children, teenagers, and balancing the act between relationships, family, and our profession, as well as our God-given purpose and our gifts and being able to use those in balance. Taking a deep breath and say, all in due time, and being able to sit in that space for a while. So, yeah, totally. You know what? I love the quote that you have because this is what happens when we get stressed, right? Your hormones can either make you feel like crap or like a rock star ready to take on your mission. The key is getting your hormones working for you, not against you. And I love that because that really does lead into one of the key um, imbalancers of hormones. So can you talk about the number one problem women face? Definitely. And thank you for sharing that. I wanted to just highlight that point you made about jumping into a detox when you notice that you're starting to feel out of balance. And you you were the one who gave me that awesome line. I think it was when we were in Florida a little while ago where you said, life is a series of detox, retox, detox. So I think oh, yeah. you know, what I love about you, Anna, is that you're so real. You know, we're not – you and I are not here tonight to say we're perfect, we've achieved, you know – we're we're perfect hormonal specimens and we never get out of whack. But the truth is we do have moments where we get overwhelmed. And then the question is how do you cultivate that body awareness, just like you were talking about, listening to yourself and, you know, hitting reset buttons. So I just wanted to honor you for that. So, yes, this number one issue, here's what I see in 91% of the people who work with me online. I'm, as you said, I'm not seeing patients anymore in uh, practice one-on-one, but what I have seen is this this entrenched issue of overwhelm. And it's I feel like it's a silent epidemic that women are up against. They, well, we really are feeling mm-hmm. cranky and like we don't have the energy that we want to really do the things on our to-do list. 
it's hard to get to the gym and have the kind of workouts that we want. It's hard to get to the grocery store to get the foods that we want. We run from one task to the next and don't realize how the main stress hormone, cortisol, is robbing us of the kind of life that we most deserve. It's robbing us of serotonin, which is that happy brain chemical that is in charge of your mood and your appetite and your mm-hmm. your sleep. And women have half as much as men, so we need all the serotonin we can get our hands on. And it pulls other hormones offline. So when cortisol's high, like what I had in my mid-30s, it also will block your thyroid. It'll block your ovaries so that you don't have the estrogen-progesterone balance that you need. It's going to accelerate the aging process. In fact, there's a study from Nobel laureate Elizabeth Blackburn at UCSF who found that on average in premenopausal women, when you have high perceived stress, you age 10 years faster. So we're not talking about like some small effect here. It's really profound. It's a decade of difference when it comes to your longevity. So I think this issue of overwhelm really is important and you know, I, I also don't like to just dwell on the problems. I love to get into some of the solutions. But I want to I want to put this back to you, Anna, because this is a a conversation on the couch with you. What do you see in your practice? Like, do you also see this problem of overwhelm, or does it show up in other ways for you? Oh, are you kidding? No, absolutely. I mean, it is it is the number one thing, and actually, I see it so much. And really am passionate about helping our teachers and our principals and our, you know, I mean, and, and academics, the teachers of, te- of teachers as well. I just have seen such overwhelm in the school system. And in that overwhelm, you know, penetrates into the kids with overwhelm and just really a, a big, of course, like another, a new mission coming up is, is a program that I have going that's getting started for teens. And I mean, it's just, um, that our foundation, the Gary V. Bidens Foundation is, is leading off a, a program called the Pocahontas Program. So to really change body image and habits among, among our youngsters. But I see this overwhelm just tremendously and it's, it's well put. It's also the fact that, you know, women are being stressed. We are, we are wearing so many different hats and we feel guilty. I mean, Seriously, anyone listening out there ever feel guilty taking time out for themselves, you know, or, or saying no to someone so that they can have time for themselves? So I think that, um, you know, I, I'm not alone in that. And it's you know, really so important to prioritize and do the things that nurture you that are, or, you know, I say orgasmic in your life. Orgasmic can be going to the beach and watching a beautiful sunset. So, you know, creating those moments in our life and just being able to express um, express the things we are grateful for. But the hormonal imbalance also amongst the overwhelm, just that, that sense, also the toxicity, you know, huge toxicity that relates to the hormone imbalance, the estrogen, you know, and endocrine disruptors that are in our environment, in our, you know, in our face creams. I was looking at, um, uh, you know, as you know, I'm traveling right now, and I was looking at some of the, there was some um, baby shampoo left in the place I'm running, and and it's like, this is toxins, of, you know, this is toxic ingredients in here. Do they not know what we're doing to our children? What if there's a, you know, even a male baby doing this? He will be feminized, you know? What is it? You know, just totally getting irate of, of what's in, in some baby formulas, you know, marketed as baby formula or baby shampoos, et cetera. And just think about everything we put on our body, plus it's um, toxicity. So overwhelm and toxicity and the combination of the two are incredibly aging, incredibly um, disease-producing, incredibly inflammatory. So, mm. 
Yeah, I see that a lot. And so that's why I love your programs too because and as a physician, you know, sometimes we're out there thinking, okay, you know, the top, you know, one probably less, I don't know if there are less than 1% of physicians practice medicine in this way, right? So for many of you listen, have a hard time finding a physician that's going to be able to address your um, concerns in a, in a uh, way that is addressing the underlying, underlying issues versus treating the symptoms. And so it's important to, to share in the information that we have, plus be proactive on your own and do the programs that we offer. And take, you know, take that step for yourself because, you know, an ounce of protection is worth a pound of cure. And that's um, incredibly, you know, incredibly important. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about, you know, about these hormones, Sarah. You know, we brought up the, the slide, the hormonal connections of stress, cravings, mood, and desire. So, you know, why are hormones, you know, express why are hormones so important to a woman's overall health and this connection between, you know, our brain and body and, uh, you know, and, and, and our cravings, sometimes you can't fight those cravings when you're, when you're off balance and the relationship between those. And I like to show, I'm going to show this picture of this crazy picture I have of the brain and the uterus and the ovaries and how everything is connected, ladies, this thing out there. <laughs> everything is totally connected. Yes, the brain is connected to the uterus, the ovaries, the light, you know, I mean, just the hormonal cascades. I mean, every part of your body is in communication continuously, one way or another with another part. So... <laughs> well, I love I love that slide, Anna, because I think it gets to the point where it doesn't help to just throw some prescription medication at the issue. You know, you and I were exquisitely trained to prescribe medication to give those antidepressants, like the doctor that I saw when I was in my mid-30s, and yet it's not the answer. You have to look at the body in this more integrated way, which is how you and I practice. So I, I really appreciate that particular point. So why are hormones so important? Well, it's interesting. They drive what we're interested in. They drive your energy first thing in the morning. You know, cortisol and DHEA are really important for that. They also determine how lean you are or how much body fat you have. So they're involved in so many different things. They interact with your happy brain chemicals. I mentioned serotonin. They also interact with things like allopregnanolone. You don't need to know the details on that, but it's it's like nature's Valium. It also... Uh, your hormones interact with dopamine, which helps you focus, but it can also work against you and cause you to have addictive patterns. So hormones are so crucial, and it turns out that women are more vulnerable to hormone imbalance than men. We're a lot more complex. We're more sensitive to stress. And we know from the national survey that's done every year by the American Psycho Psychology Association that Women have about 10% more stress than men, you know, and whenever we look at national polls. So there's many ways that we are more at risk of getting out of hormonal balance. And so that means that we need to increase that body awareness and increase our ability to measure where we are with our hormones and rein it in when you start to get out of balance. You know, we talked about some of the ways that you and I rein it in. And those are the kind of tips that I want to share with folks tonight so that they have a sense of, okay, here's where I am right now, here's where I want to be, here's my plan for how to get there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's talk about you know specifically how stress plays on a woman's hormones. Well, stress is you know the for I tend to simplify it when I first start talking about it. It comes down to cortisol. So cortisol is the number one stress hormone. There's many others, but this is kind of the key one. And cortisol is interesting. I mean, it's designed to get you out of a crisis, like if a tiger is chasing after you. But many of us are running around with emotional crises that we're either creating or, you know, we're just, it's hard to get out of a trap with the emotional stress that we feel. So what happens? Well, cortisol is in charge of a lot of different things. It's in charge of your blood pressure and your blood sugar and your immune system and it's also the control system for your other hormones. So I mentioned that cortisol affects your thyroid function. It can slow down your thyroid function if it's if cortisol is high or low. It's also in charge of how many other sex hormones you make. So if you are like I was in my 30s and you're stressed out and you're making a ton of cortisol, you're not going to make as many of the other sex hormones like progesterone and DHEA and testosterone, which is that hormone of vitality. So cortisol is really important. It's basically the control system for the other hormones. And when it's out of whack, either too high or too low or even both within the same day, when that happens, it's going to make you have a muffin top. It's going to rob you of serotonin. In fact, 50% of people with depression have high cortisol. So that's what that's what happens when stress is out of control, kind of chronic and unremitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I love your quote: "Sustained health results in treating underlying causes rather than suppressing symptoms." And um, I know we have a, a lot of women from different ages that are listening on the call tonight, and you know, this really, like Sarah's program addresses, you know, when we look at the underlying issues, this is at any age. So can we hop to talk about the differences in hormonal changes? And um, Sarah, if you can see the slides I just kind of put out to just run through for our listeners tonight, just briefly the menstrual, you know, just what's going on with our hormonal changes as we age. Sure. For some reason, Anna, my slides are a little behind yours, so I can't see the current slide yet. I'm still looking at the sustained health, but so you want me to go through what happens with the menstrual cycle and then kind of yeah. the different life stages? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. So what happens with your reproductive years, which is, you know, when you're childbearing, if you choose to do that, what happens is you have a different level of estrogen and progesterone every day. And that tends to make you very accommodating. <laughs> So, you know, it just it's designed, I think, to have women feel like they can roll with the punches, especially when these hormones are in balance. So you have a different level of estrogen and progesterone every day. The first half of the menstrual cycle, the first 14 days, you are making more estrogen, and then in the second half you're making more progesterone. Estrogen kind of builds up your uterine lining, almost like shag carpeting, and then the progesterone sort of stabilizes it, and then when it when it starts to fall, that's when you have your period. So that's what happens through your reproductive years. You've got this 
predictable level that's different every day of your hormones tends to make you accommodating. And this is based on that work that I love from Dr. Luann Brizendine, who wrote the book, The Female Brain. I love that book. Isn't that a great book? I I figured Mm -hmm. you probably loved it. And then, you know, you and I love some of these ancient wisdom traditions. And in Chinese medicine, they look at women throughout the reproductive years, and they say that you reach your peak hormonally at around 28. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think we can just keep getting better with age. But from their perspective, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's when you have, you know, sort of the 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 best balance between estrogen and progesterone. And then for most women starting in their 30s, as they get closer to perimenopause, and I typically see that starting between 35 and 45 because I like to be really sensitive about measuring it. So in perimenopause, that's when you start to have less progesterone. You start to run out of your ripe eggs, as you know, Anna. And in the first half of perimenopause, you have estrogen dominance. So you have more estrogen, less progesterone. A lot of women just feel stressed out, they can't sleep, they have night sweats, that's when sex drive starts to go down. And then the second half of perimenopause is when you're low in estrogen and progesterone. And that's when vaginal dryness starts and the memory issues. And you could probably add to this list, Anna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's the loss of sex drive, vaginal dryness, mood changes, loss of like you feel like you've lost your edge and cognition, memory issues, things tolerance is way, way down. But I consider that a privilege. <laughs> I like to look on the bright side. <laughs> Good, I like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there, there's definitely things as, as we age. So I think, like you said, it's um, our hor- keeping hormones in balance and so we can live and transition in, in you know, in our daily transformation of our life and in our, uh, you know, daily moving forward towards um Fulfill, you know, continuing the fulfillment of what we have here and now, being present. Those things we keep in balance. The goal is to keep the, that sentiment in balance, to keep us comfortable in our skin, keep us, you know, spiritually large in our healthy temple is how I like to look at it. Because you know, many ancient traditions look at the woman in menopause, once they've stopped their cycles, as a very wise sage. And uh, a very insightful woman, a very you know wisdom sharing woman, and and that's a beautiful place to be. Some of us, however, are still raising preschoolers, <laughs> and that's a, that's a challenge. And so you know, again, it becomes even that much more important to staying to staying in balance to really addressing that. And that brings me to your next quote, which I love, which it says, your body is full of natural mechanisms for repair and healing. When you nourish and augment these built-in mechanisms, you may prevent and even reverse disease. And a uh, bold, very accurate statement. And that's another one of the reasons I love your book, The Hormone Cure, and why I really encourage all our, all our listeners to read it. And um, you have so many great quotes. You put things so eloquently and just targeted. Also, again, it's a great... Um, gift to give your physician out there so that they can be on the same page with you. Uh, and it's, you know, again, science, the science that you incorporate in there is beautiful as well. But so, so true. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate it. I feel like we have a shameful past. I feel like I, I'm going to have a kind of a, a sober moment here with you, Anna. 
you know, I was trained, and I imagine you were as well, to not just encourage women to go on synthetic hormones. I went through my medical training, but I was taught to push them hard, you know, almost like a drug pusher. And we have a shameful past in OBGYN where we push synthetic hormones on women for 57 years before we had the evidence showing that they're dangerous and provocative and that bioidentical mm-hmm. hormones are a safer option. So I feel like the bar is really high. I want to keep women safe, and that's why I find it so important to share the science-based correction. So I appreciate you noticing that. Did you want to say anything about our shameful past and OBGYN and the Premarin and the Provera and all the other synthetic hormones that we we were taught to dish out? Yeah, you know, it really it does it does bring home uh, a significant part of, of my past as well. Before, you know, between medical school, between college and medical school, I did research. First, I, re- I did research with the diving medicine department with the U.S. Navy and was, you know, blessed because the Navy has great ports and published it internationally. So it was so much fun to be there for a couple of years. And then I went to work for a pharmaceutical company, big, you know, big old Wyatt Airs. And um, the makers of Premarin Provera, and so you know, I had a you know inside look into pharmaceutical company. Again, I grew up um, with food as medicine. My you know my mother was this amazing, amazing intuitive woman, and just you know Middle Eastern background. And there was a food or an herb or something for everything, and just with that appreciation of nature plus um, the old wisdom. And so it was, you know, it was a big contrast. And then I participated at at, an, at Emory when I was doing my residency. I participated in research. Again, I'm a big researcher. And so I, I did a, an arm of the HERS trial. I participated in a study, an outreach arm of the HERS trial, which was the big hormone replacement um, study in women with heart disease that was conducted throughout the country. And, you know, again, an inside look on the results and research there. We were like, oh, wait, this isn't really a heart protective medication. But, again, you know, again, study flaws, study flaws between the HERS study flaws and Women's Health, you know, initiative study flaws. And um, so we had these study flaws when looking at hormones and the synthetic progesterone because we looked at medicine and said, okay, well, you know, you can't, patent a bioidentical, right, because that can be compounded. You can't patent it, so we can come up with something very similar that acts along the same way, and that can be patented, and and that's what, you know, many companies did, including um, the makers of PrintPro, and, you know, we're we're able to come up with this formulation that was patentable in in the billion-dollar industry. However, when the research, again, showed that this progestin doesn't act like our progesterone, our bioidentical progesterone, which is still a very big common misunderstanding in our medical offices, widespread among our colleagues on a daily basis. You know, even amongst, right, I mean, it's it's amongst the best and brightest of us because the literature is confusing. The scientific literature is confusing because it's so, um, uh, progesterone is used to, in the same sentence as progestins or they're used interchangeably. But we want to tell you tonight, our listeners, that progesterone is not progestin. It's not Provera. It's not norethindrone. It's not, you know, I mean, there's a whole line of synthetic progestins, and they act differently on our body. Study after study in our peer-reviewed journals have shown that. And so progesterone, where Sarah mentioned allopregnenolone, um, allopregnenolone, a derivative of metabolite of 
progesterone is, is that beautiful GABA, you know, helps you balance your GABA. Your, I, I like how Sarah says, you know, this is a Valium. This is like a Valium for your brain. And I always think of, you know, pro- progesterone GABA. I think of the rock group ABBA. Then I think of the musical Mamma Mia. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I need my progesterone. I think oh. I need extra. And so, you know, it's like, okay, that is a good, it's a good hormone. And it's important to balance, again, because of all the endocrine disruptors, the estrogen mimickers and the estrogen dominance that we see. And I'll go back um, to the one slide that we have. We just kind of see that big dip in progesterone as we, you know, hit our, you know, mid, mid I really see it, mid-30s. Um, you know, we see that significant drop in progesterone, and that's our feel-good hormone. And so keeping that in balance, keeping that balance, keeping our, our lifestyle balance, keeping our exposure to toxins in check, right, the detox-retox uh, metaphor, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, it's so, it, it's, it's really key so that, so that we don't settle, like you say, don't need to settle for anything less than feeling fully alive and joyous before, during, and after middle age. So it's, it's that time, like, and I don't want to hear one patient come to me and say, oh, well, I'm having aches, joints, I can't do this because, um, you know, it's, it's um, you know, 47 or 57 or 87. You know, it, your age is just a number. And, and uh, I, I was up on a surfboard for the first time really ever. I, I tried seven years ago, and I couldn't get up on a surfboard. And so here I am, you know, seven years later, a beach, uh, beach vacation, and first time up on a surfboard, no problem. It was a smaller board even, just physically in better shape now and mentally than it was seven years ago. And so I think that's important to let everyone out there hear that because I've heard women in their, you know, early 40s come in and say, oh, you know, run a, you know, you know, run a marathon or, you know, run a race or do this or do that. No way I can't do that. I'm like, you can do anything you set your mind to doing. And so I really want to inspire our listeners out there. Well, I, yeah. I love that so, message. Can we talk about surfing? <laughs> it's amazing. I, I like, love, I I love that before? you went surfing. That's so cool. And, I, you know, I really I appreciate this point that you just made, Anna. I want to make sure that I'm pulling out some of these practical tips that are embedded in what we're talking about because this point you made about progesterone and just how great it is for the female body is so crucial. You know, we know more now about endocrine disruptors and the fake estrogens, the xenoestrogens like you were talking about. We know more now than we ever have before. We really understand that this is one of the reasons why people get fat. It's linked to problems with estrogen dominance, having too much estrogen compared to progesterone, especially 35 plus. So I totally agree with you about that point you made with that lovely slide about how progesterone drops usually in your mid-30s and there's not really an upper limit on when you wouldn't benefit from progesterone. You know, I think for, we know that women who take bioidentical progesterone, for instance, sleep better and that's true across the age spectrum and it's not harmful even if your progesterone is relatively normal. Another point I want to make is I have a lot of women who are in menopause who will say to me, you know, I'll, they ask me what I do and I'll talk about my book, The Hormone Cure, and they'll say, oh, I'm past all that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to I want to bust that myth right now, too. I, I feel like you're probably with me on this one that, mm-hmm. you know, the this whole issue of estrogen dominance, even after you go through menopause, you can have low estrogen but super low progesterone and still have estrogen dominance. So there's really no no 
time in your life where you're past all that. Like you can, just as you can reclaim your sexy, you can reclaim, you know, your most vital self and you don't have to choose to slowly decline. You can also choose to get your hormones into balance. And I think it's one of the most important drivers. So do you agree with that, that there's really no upper limit on getting your hormones in balance? Right, right, absolutely. And that's where, um, you know, clients will ask me, okay, well, when is when do I stop these? I'm like, you know, um, <laughs> you know <laughs> that's a good question. I'll, you know, just ask me again next year, <laughs> you know. I mean, we'll just keep going. As long as you're, you know, the, my clients have to make the therapeutic lifestyle changes. They have to, you know, do the things that are part of quality of life in order for me to write them a hormone prescription, right? Because we're not, I'm not going to write your hormones if you're, you know, if you're, you're smoking, drinking, sitting on the couch, blah, blah, blah. But if you are willing to make those changes, you know, follow the dietary recommendations, you know, use food as medicine and what God's given us, right? You can pick it, peel it, fish it, hunt it, milk it, grow it, and for the most part you can eat it. So type of philosophy, if they're willing, you know, to go that and you know, make those important investments in themselves because it's not coming in a pill, right, then I'm willing to I work with them with hormones because what comes in, even our hormones, need to be detoxed out properly. So regular detoxification is a huge, is a huge part of, um, of my programs and testing, just as it is with you. And and I have clients in the 80s, you know, on in their 80s on hormones. Right? Yes, absolutely. And sexually active clients in their 80s, by the way. <laughs> and it's just beautiful. And um, and I've been able to see in the 20 years of my practice as well the clients that I was I balanced hormones with versus the ones that you know went a traditional route and how the quality of life was incredibly incredibly different and so I think that's really important I want people to you know work with us and step outside the box because our standard of care you know patchwork you know band-aid type of medicine um, isn't longevity producing and we have the research that stands behind us in that so you know I'm on I'm on with Sarah and you know we have a question from Barbara in Kingston New York and she writes in that I'm a 56 year old menopausal female who can't seem to sleep through the night no matter what I try um, she states that she drinks one and a half, because you mentioned this, I want to read this question, and she drinks one and a half cups of coffee in the morning between 7 and 8 a.m., but none after that. She has discontinued eating or drinking anything with caffeine throughout the day. She always sleeps fine, but she awakes within an hour and can't get back to sleep due to racing thoughts and body aches and pains, and she writes, SOS, help me. So... Um, yeah, and it's a, it's such a common complaint, especially you know, especially in the menopause, perimenopause, and and that goes right in line with what you were saying too about the balancing the hormones and detoxing and progesterone. So, what would you tell her, Sarah? Number one, <laughs> well, read we, the hormone cure. <laughs> yes, read the hormone cure. In fact, I've got a I got this brand new eight step guide that I want to offer to your listeners for free and. I think this eight-step guide would be very helpful for Barbara. So I, I took, you know, the strategies that I really think are the most effective, and I put them into this 40-page hormone toolkit. So I would love to share that with Barbara and with your listeners. I don't know if now is the right time, but yes, I wanted to. Absolutely, please. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I think I think that would be a really helpful starting place for Barbara. You know, I also just 
spoke about the importance of progesterone, how it's been shown to help people with sleep. And so if, you know, if I had someone in my practice who was having issues with sleep, I would say try progesterone. I also would look at some of the lifestyle issues. You know, the racing thoughts makes me think that cortisol is probably running the show and we need to get the cortisol Mm -hmm. under control. And I've got a lot of strategies in the the hormone toolkit for how to do that. One of my favorites, actually, is to use heart math, heart math. So I have a little app on my smartphone, my iPhone, that I use to get cortisol down. You can reduce it by 23% just by practicing this technique that helps you with heart rate variability. It just helps you improve your stress resilience. And so there's a free app that you can get on your iPhone called GPS for the soul, and it measures your heart rate variability, the time between each of your heartbeats, on your finger with the camera lens. So it's pretty cool. It's That app is free. I talk about it quite a bit. I think it's page 102 of my book where I talk about heart math and how that lowers your cortisol by 23%, and it also raises your DHEA level. So I think something needs to be done to hit the pause button with the the – racing thoughts that happen about an hour after Barbara goes to bed, the progesterone. And then another point that I think is really important is that I hear from a lot of women who are just exhausted from not sleeping that they only have a small bit of coffee, you know, one and a half cups, for instance, and they finish by 7 a.m. and they don't have any more during the day. But the studies show that your sleep quality is worse when you drink coffee. So anyone with sleep issues, you just you have to get rid of the cup of joe. And I know that doesn't make me so popular, but it's amazing how even if you finish your coffee by 7 a.m., it is going to interfere with your sleep quality, especially if you have the kind of genetics like I do where you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine. So I know that my sleep gets worse whenever I have a cup of coffee. Do I still have it once in a while? Yes. Do I have it every morning? Absolutely not. So what do you think, Anna? Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're right on with all of that. The balancing your cortisol, maybe even having like a, a healthy protein fat sack, like a slice of apple with some almond butter or something like that before you go to bed can help. But also the progesterone key will be key for you, as well as no caffeine at all. Because if you're a slow caffeine metabolizer, forget it. Also alcohol. Some people think having a glass of wine after work helps relax and actually will disturb your sleep. So, um, you know, to like, you know, definitely to lay off of that. And what about some herbals that you recommend to help help relaxation in the evening? Sure. Well, you know, I don't I don't know Barbara's whole story, but I would I would say one strategy is that's very well proven in women who are perimenopausal and menopausal is hops and also valerian. So hops and valerian, I talk about it quite a bit in my book in the low estrogen chapter, which is chapter 7. That's the strategy that I think is the most proven when it comes to botanical therapies. And, you know, I'll back up for a minute here. What I do, what I've done with the hormone cure is I've really looked at, okay, how do we change the way that a woman eats, moves, sleeps, thinks, and supplements? Like, how do we do that as a primary strategy rather than reaching for the pharmaceutical? Because, 
you know, here when it comes to sleep, sleeping pills just don't work very well. They add on average 37 minutes of sleep each night, and it's not high-quality sleep. And it turns out that there's some big studies that have been published, three now, showing that there's a greater risk of mortality, of dying, if you are someone who's chronically in sleep debt and taking sleeping pills. Even just taking sleeping pills 20 times a year is associated with a greater risk of death. So I'm interested in figuring out, okay, what's the root cause? We talked about some of them, cutting out the alcohol, cut out the caffeine, and those are the herbals that I think are really helpful. You know, my strategy is that you start with step one in the Gottfried Protocol where you fill in nutritional gaps, you take, for instance, vitamin C because that helps to raise your body's own progesterone level. Step two is you take proven botanical therapies like hops and valerian. Another one that I like is relora that helps people, especially who have high cortisol at night and have stress eating and need to lose a little weight. And then step three is to take botanic, uh, bioidentical hormones, and that's where you would try something like progesterone, progesterone cream, or uh, micronized progesterone, bioidentical progesterone. What about you, Anna? Do you have some favorite herbals? Yeah, you know, and then just you know, magnesium at bedtime. I mean, I have to go to bed with magnesium, so a good combination, magnesium, melatonin combination that helps me relax and go to sleep. I found that to be very beneficial, and most of us don't have enough magnesium, so tanking that up at bedtime has been very useful, so using those essential minerals as well. I love that, and, you know, another – I was just talking to – I had the honor of interviewing last week Dr. Chris Northrup, and I imagine ah, she's been an wonderful. inspiration to you, right? Yeah. So she she made such a good point about how women who are highly sensitive, and I know I'm in that camp, and I, I, I imagine you might be in that camp as well right there with me. <laughs> women who are highly sensitive definitely need more magnesium. We tend to be magnesium deficient. And one of the things you can do to get your magnesium is to take a hot detox bath every night. You can put your Epsom salt in there, and that is another way to get your magnesium. And I, I think that helps so many people. Uh, you know, one, yeah. one important piece, I, you know, I, here's, I'm going to give you another confession here, you know, because I definitely am not perfect. I had a couple of weeks where my husband and I were staying up a little too late watching the latest House of Cards season. And that book, that move, that TV show is, you know, it's one of those shows that just gets you all riled up because the lead character is kind of a sociopath. And so I would get so revved up before going to bed and I just couldn't sleep well. I wasn't on caffeine, but I just couldn't sleep well. I couldn't wind down. And you want to, you want to have this decrescendo at the end uh-huh. of your day. You want to have yeah. these strategies, you know, just like putting a baby to bed where you bathe your baby and you snuggle your baby and you rub beautiful lotions that don't have endocrine disruptors on your baby and you put on <laughs> the organic clothing and you swaddle them, you know, you put your baby to bed. You want to do the same thing to yourself. And that's where something like the detox bath or maybe rubbing your feet with essential oil, you know, some strategy that helps you decrescendo, I think is really important. And it shouldn't be house of cards. (laughs) No. I mean, that is, you know, one thing I don't watch is, and that is, that is TV. I don't watch TV. I don't have a TV at home. Um, But, you know, I think the string music, violin music actually running off in in just a little while to, for a violin lesson with my um, daughter 
But, you know, music is a beautiful de-stressor, too. So something, you know, classical music, some relaxation music is is just a beautiful thing to add to to your bedtime ritual, you know, your evening ritual. And uh, make that a ritual for yourself so that you're getting into bed and you're getting your sleep and working on staying asleep. And if you're not staying asleep, you've got to keep working on it. That's really important. And I think, you know, Sarah, I don't know about you, but I was definitely a born OBGYN. Like, I, you know, I don't typically suffer jet lag. I can be up at all hours really quickly. And it was very much, you know, I burned the midnight candle and, and being in solo practice in OBGYN for uh, 15, 16 years really um, makes me now appreciate a very good night's sleep and, and what a difference that is. But I have to work at getting a good night's sleep because my body doesn't, you know, want to have a good night's sleep. So, I mean, it's very hard to get a good night's sleep. So I, I've studied this topic inside and out and doing doing exactly what uh, Dr. Sarah recommends, but balancing your hormones, removing toxicity, removing stimulates, and figuring out what's stimulating you, what is your stimulant, you know, and it could be maybe a piece of cheese you're eating that could be stimulating to your 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 system or it could be, you know, uh, you're watching the midnight news and, and I, I stay away from from any, you know, <laughs> and, you know Sarah, do you know uh, Rachel Hansling? Uh, she was a producer for Oprah for many years, and she's this. And she's like, you've got to, you've got to see what's on the news, and you've got to um, read these magazines, and and you know, and it's it's. You know, I totally see her point, but I cannot watch the news because it's too stressful for me. And I think that's important to realize. What are your listening to each of our individual blue, or each of our individual blueprint? So, what is a stressor for each of us, and how do we how do we um, work through that? Another technique that I've used to help get a good night's sleep is a emotional freedom technique and just in um, in working to kind of release attachments from a busy day and that can that can help with that relaxation phase of getting to sleep and, and then decreasing cortisol enough to stay asleep and the other thing you mentioned and you use and um, in your in your personal and professional practice is humor right such a great de-stressor <laughs> is just you're looking at the humorous side of things because sometimes we start thinking, um, you know, I'm stressing because I'm not getting enough sleep and that's going to keep you awake because you're stressing and you just raise your cortisol thinking you're not going to sleep and that's a very bad habit to get in. <laughs> it's a very bad cycle to get into as well. So creating that bedtime ritual, knowing that everything you're doing is giving you a better night's sleep is going to help and, and kind of getting in that in that frame of work. And, again, the nutrient supplements, the um you know, hormonal usage as well can make a big difference in what you're doing. So we have only a few minutes left there, and we've got a few more questions, but I know you have a special offer for our group of listeners, and I understand that your paperback um, book gift offer uh, went out so quickly this morning that you uh, sold out of your um, you ran out that quickly this morning. So can you, uh, and you said you have this beautiful guide that you want to offer our listeners as well. Definitely. So we gave away 2,500 copies of the new paperback today, and we they were gone by noon Pacific. So unfortunately I can't offer that, but what we have done is we've put together this awesome 40-page PDF that is, the latest, most cutting-edge information. In fact, it's more cutting-edge than my book even, and it's called The Hormone Toolkit. It's got eight steps for how to get your hormones back into balance naturally. 
It's a way to banish sugar cravings. It's a way to get your hormones back into balance to, you know, get cortisol back into the sweet spot where it's not too high, not too low, as well as balance your other hormonal Charlie's Angels. I think you know, Anna, that's what I like to call them, your cortisol, yes, your estrogen, your thyroid. <laughs> yeah, and you so, guys have to read her book just to really get a glimpse of the Charlie's Angels she discusses. It's really good. Well, I think the book is a super important reference guide. You know, a lot of people just read it through. Uh, it kind of depends on what your issues are and how busy you are. But I think the book is still an awesome resource, and this hormone toolkit is free. It's 40 pages. I also have some bonus interviews that I threw in, including an interview that I did with Dr. Daniel Amen. He's one of the best neurologists out there, psychiatrists, who is focused on the female brain and the role of hormones. I also have an interview with Dr. Mark Hyman talking about sugar and sugar cravings and how to fix them. And I have an interview with Gigi Sage, and she and I talk about three ways to transform your relationships with men. That alone would make me want to get this PDF. So that's what we have. Do you want me to mention the URL, or do you want to do it, Anna? What what would yeah? No, go ahead, helpful? please. Please share it with our audience. If you if you if you guys are at the, um, I know we've got a lot of people watching online. So right on the welcome page for Instant Teleseminar, where you're watching through the slides, there's a Get Dr. Sarah's Hormone Toolkit under the Ask a Question, and so click on that to get um, Dr. Sarah's Hormone Toolkit, and that will direct you to the page. And if you're not listening, if you're not watching online, because uh, if you're not watching online, Sarah, go ahead and give them that link. Sure. So it's pretty easy URL. to remember. It's the name of my book, the thehormonecurebook.com forward slash couch talk. So all one word, the thehormonecurebook.com forward slash couch talk. C-O-U-C-H-T-A-L-K. Beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. I love putting together, you know, these kind of strategies that really help women apply that science-based correction and, you know, not waste their money, not spin their wheels on things that are ineffective, but really get the things that are proven to move the needle when it comes to your hormones. Oh, yeah, and I love this fast track, your hormone cure. Can you talk about that? Is this the fast track, your hormone cure program? It's beautiful. Well, I have a separate fast track, your hormone cure that I put together. It's a 10-day program to really help people get their hormones into balance. And you basically do one hormone a day for 10 days. So I have that as an option after you get the hormone toolkit. It's just designed to really you know, get you the quick start, the way to really get your hormones back into balance in 10 days. So, again, it's designed to go along with the book and also with the hormone toolkit. Well, this looks fantastic because Sharon from Atlanta writes, I'm going to take a couple minutes to answer this question, but um, she says she's 53 years old, she has very low sex drive, has recently gained a lot of weight, has low energy, she also feels flat emotionally, never really happy, sad, or mad, and she said, I used to have true emotions, and I miss that. So, Sharon, this sounds like, first of all, um, please, you know, get Sarah's um, gift that she's giving out that also sounds like a first step in the right direction would be uh, the fast track, and then, you know, we can can definitely um, 
do more after that. So that sounds, I mean, that sounds good. Sarah, would you, do you see that a lot where people feel flat emotionally? Well, I, I think you and I both see that a lot, especially yeah. women in their 50s. I think, you know, when you come off of those years of having your menstrual cycle, and even if you're 53 and you're not yet in menopause, I just see a lot of women start to feel flat. I think it has to do with serotonin and with women just feeling like they don't have the pep they used to have. They don't have the bounce in the step. And they feel flat sexually, they feel flat emotionally and psychologically. And I, I want to say, oh, my gosh, we can we can repair it. I feel like it's almost like the line from the $6 million dollar man, right, where we can fix this, and it's not actually hard. There's some really simple strategies to put into place that can help you feel you're most vital again, you know, to, to feel like you are filled up with joy and not – feeling totally flat. I see this all the time in my practice and you know what makes me sad is the women who don't realize that it's not hard to get your hormones into balance. The women who just resign themselves to feel that way, you know, to have the weight gain and the sugar cravings and, you know, self-medicating with food and uh maybe cortisol is robbing you of the serotonin and that's one of the reasons why you feel low in energy and flat. So, we can fix that and it doesn't take long. Yeah. Absolutely, and we have um, Pam who wrote in also some natural alternatives instead of estrogen replacement to alleviate dryness and thinning of the vaginal walls after menopause. And Pam, I want to refer you to a couch talk that we, we've talked about vaginal, uh, vaginal dryness and the beautiful things that we can do that makes a difference. And actually, Dr. Sarah is on that couch talk too, so it's in the couch talk archives, mm-hmm. the shades of gray couch talk. And uh, totally fantastic and definitely I'm so intent on eradicating vaginal dryness, an unnecessary evil. That's for sure. Amen. I'm going to just give you a little fist pump (laughs) across the airwaves here. I totally agree. And, and, And DHEA, you're one of the leading advocates. Anna of using vaginal DHEA and I think that's uh, so important but yeah listen to the whole couch talk that was fun yeah yeah absolutely and it really that vaginal DHEA is amazing and it it makes a big difference in a short amount of time and again very very safe Uh, contraindicated if you're currently taking tamoxifen but otherwise um, very very low risk and actually very beneficial and very very safe so and Sarah taught me about the Ayurveda ghee which is another thing that um, that, that you turned me on to, which was interesting, and we're big fans of coconut oil. So a lot you can do, and listen to that couch talk. That's amazing. And balancing your hormones, decreasing inflammation is, is rejuvenating inside out, inside out. So uh, <laughs> shout out to everyone who's listening and just questions we didn't get to answer. I want to honor Dr. Sarah's time and just so thank you for being with us tonight, Sarah. Um, any closing any closing remarks you want to share before we uh, close tonight? Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. I really had a great time. I always have fun talking to you, Anna, and I appreciate so much the great questions that people submitted. You know, I think the the main thing here is to realize that it's easier to balance your hormones than to live with the misery of your hormones being out of balance. So in other words, the pain of change 
is so much smaller than the pain of staying the same. So I, I really want to encourage people to step into the grace of hormone balance. It's not hard. It's something you can start right away. You can start it with the hormone toolkit. I think that would be a fantastic way to get started on the grace of hormone balance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, another one of your quotes, attend to your hormones today and the process will serve your mood, energy, sex drive, sleep, and resilience for decades to come. And it doesn't matter what age you're at, right? It's, it's for any age. And again, I want to, I want to thank you so much for being on the call with us tonight and thank all our listeners for tuning in and asking questions and interacting with us. Uh, really appreciate all of you. And I look forward to, uh, being on the couch again with you all next month. And Sarah, hopefully another time very soon. Good luck with your book launch. Thank you for this amazing gift and this hormone toolkit that you've offered our clients. Really appreciate that very, very much. And um, God bless you. God bless all of you you. tonight. You're welcome. Have a good night. Bye, everybody.